0: This is an Equity Meets Media podcast.
1: Before we get into today's episode, we would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the wondry people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respects to the elders, past and present, and to the next generation who we hope to create a different future for. The
0: best career advice
1: that you are not getting is to invest. <coughs>
0: Hello and welcome to Your Ingo Company Summer Series, a set of conversations where we are chatting to some of Australia's most relatable voices for their take on taboo money topics.
1: Over eight weeks, we will be asking the money questions that may have recently been on your mind, but you haven't had the confidence to bring them up.
0: Questions like, why am I putting so much pressure on myself financially right now?
1: Or how do I tell my friends that sometimes I just can't keep up socially?
0: We know firsthand that talking about money can be oh so awkward.
1: And we want to acknowledge right off the top that there is a huge amount of privilege inherent in all of these conversations we'll be having.
0: But we do think that the more open we are about money and the more perspectives we can gather, the better off our overall financial well-being will be so welcome to our taboo money conversation series i am maddie guest and as always i'm in some very good company with my co-host sophie dicker we
1: hope that this episode gives you a catalyst to start your very own money chat
0: this series is brought to you by up as upsiders ourselves we are super excited to be working with a brand that is aligned with our purpose of helping young people tackle their finances Up is the first digital bank which is making money easy for our generation by giving us the tools to get our finances sorted and get what we want in life.
1: And what I want right now, Maddie, is to hear all about your money vulnerabilities. And
0: I want to hear all about yours. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously,
1: we have started this conversation series for the summer because we feel like there are so many people that when I'm walking around the office or I'm in my peer group, everyone is like stressing about money so much and I feel like it comes down to that we're not talking about it
0: enough. I think we felt that if we are going to have guests on here every week and ask them and expect them to be vulnerable, then – It probably wouldn't be fair unless we walked the walk and talked the talk ourselves. But so if we thought a fun way to start each of these chats would be with a bit of a money would you rather. So I have got one for you. Tell me. Would you rather be in a job you love and earn little money or in a job you hate that makes you a lot of money?
1: It's a very complicated question I would say because I think I'd probably prefer to be doing what I love and make little money but that's just like so well and good to say Mm. and then I'm sure if I was actually in the situation I'd be like I need more money and I'd probably do something to make more money because a right now I don't have a lot of responsibilities Mm. but like what happens when you have kids yeah and like or if you want kids or if you want a family or a house or like you know I feel like it's all well and good to be like I want to do what I love.
0: So do you know what this reminded me of? I saw a TikTok the other day and it was just talking about how does anyone else oscillate between wanting to be like a boss ass bitch who's making shitloads of money in New York and then wanting to like run away to a small country town and live like a very wholesome quiet life and it's like oh my god that resonates so much and I think that this question reminded me of that because I was like I think if I had little money i could just make a very nice little life for myself in a small country town somewhere you've like
1: totally bought into the tiktok thing where it's like the little life trend it's like
0: this little life
1: but really those people like have hundreds of thousands of dollars traveling the world taking beautiful content and then like posting it being like it's a little life
0: it's so modest
1: (laughs) it's so false is that so you would you do the same or would you do differently
0: I think, yeah, I think I would want to do something that I loved, because at the end of the day, if you had to go to a job that made you miserable every day, you know, money can buy happiness, but only to an extent.
1: Okay, so we want to talk about our money vulnerabilities and I think a great place to start is probably with you because, I mean, I guess behind the scenes we talk about money all the time and like we're such good friends and so you tell me when you're feeling stressed or happy or whatever about money (laughs) and sometimes I see you at bars and you're buying way too many tequila shots (laughs) and I feel like I have to be your financial advisor. But you have struggled a little bit over the past what, six to 12 months yeah. with your money. Do you want to maybe like start from the beginning or give a bit of a rundown of like what that means?
0: Yes, my heart rate is slacking right now. <laughs> so I guess if we take ourselves back back a step to kind of I guess illustrate the journey that I've been on financially. When we started this podcast and when I started investing we were in COVID. So I pretty much started investing like at the outset of COVID and so at that time I was very fortunate. I was working full-time and for the first at least half of Melbourne lockdowns I was living at home and not paying rent.
1: Yeah and you kind of when that happens starting adulthood you're kind of in this false sense of reality of like how much money you actually have in your bank
0: account. so much disposable income like pretty much like I guess what 80% of what I was earning could just go straight to like savings and investing not going out like
1: even I know you're not paying rent if you're at home but like not going out not spending at all
0: I guess I was lulled into this false sense of security that like this is so easy and I think I obviously knew that when we came out of COVID like you'd have less income and blah blah fast forward 12 to 18 months we came out of COVID and we were super, super busy. Yeah. And so I guess to set the scene, working was working quite a big job at the time with big hours. We were doing the podcast. We were also both studying. During that time I was using my money to really get myself through. So, what yeah. I mean by that is, I was allowing myself to like spend money on takeaway and other things just to like make life easier yeah. because we were just, it was full on. Yeah. It was a lot.
1: Yeah. And if you're not planned with your money, often that's where things will seep through.
0: Yes. Yeah. But I think, I guess, why that worked in that phase is because we were so busy. I wasn't doing all the like dinners during the week or going out as much on the weekend because we were studying or doing podcast stuff. And so, it was kind of okay that yeah. I was doing that. It still worked for me. Where things came undone was at the start of this year when I moved teams at work and my hours became a bit more relaxed. I wasn't working quite so intently.
1: We had less stress, Maddie, on our hands. We did.
0: Which, <laughs> but you know what? We really needed. Yeah. Because <laughs> me, this time last year, was not in a great place. Yeah. However, what I would say is that all of those habits that I, I allowed to creep into my life around buying lunches at work and ordering takeaway in the evenings, they stuck around, but then all of the other things came back in. Yeah, And essentially how it all sort of culminated for me was I took an overseas trip at the start of this year. That was all planned. That was fine. We then had a tax bill come up that I didn't put enough money aside for and it caught me really off guard.
1: Yeah, I guess for like transparency when we do the podcast and if we get paid, the tax doesn't come out like when you have a salary, for example, where it's put aside for you, you need to be putting it into an account. And we both thought it was like 25% or something, but I think it was like a little bit more and we yeah, we were shocked by it.
0: And basically I went from like having an amount in my bank account that had been pretty consistent for the last probably like five years like a good amount of savings an emergency fund something that I was really comfortable with to all of a sudden having like pretty much no savings. Do
1: you like feel comfortable talking about what figure that was in your bank account?
0: That I got down to?
1: No that you like had and then yeah from what you had to what you got down to.
0: Yeah yeah <laughs> I guess, in the spirit of transparency. (laughs) I'm happy to give figures, but I just really want to say that I am also in a very privileged position. And so when I talk about like my feelings or emotions attached to these figures, or whether it's in like quotation marks, a good amount of money, we're all on our own money journeys. And so I'm just speaking from my own experience. And please don't take what I'm saying to like make you feel bad or whether it's the same or less than what I'm talking about. So I think I'd probably sat at around 20K for quite a while. Yeah, like
1: And you built that up over like the COVID period, your career yeah, thus far. Yeah, and like years
0: yeah. whilst I was in uni as well, like yeah. that had been built up over a long time. And I think when I started investing, I sort of stayed around, depend on what was happening in my life and what I was spending money on. But I guess probably anywhere between like 12 and 20K. Yeah,
1: yeah. I got down to like two. That's a massive drop. yeah. And it's, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but like, no, (laughs) but it's not a bad thing because like you were obviously spending on something, but like, what was it? Was it Was it that you were literally spending on takeaway, or was it? Well, I think to be honest,
0: I mean, it's a good question. This is probably the issue. I don't even know. Like, I was just, I was not spending mindfully. I'd gotten into some really bad habits. And so, what
1: you just watched, like the savings go down. You're like, oh, it's fine. I'll think about it next month. Or like, what was the thought process around all of that?
0: Well, it it went down dramatically because of our tax bill.
1: Yeah, okay. And the holiday, which
0: all happened in very quick succession.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, so it wasn't like it was going down constantly because I think then maybe I would have. Caught it a yeah. bit more. And do you know what the worst thing is? Yeah. I felt like such an idiot because we have a podcast yeah. about money. Yeah. I we know. literally get on the mic every week and talk about this. And I was like, I am an imposter. <laughs> no, it's
1: not an imposter. I think it's just that, like, you have an expectation maybe on yourself because you are talking about it every day that if you're preaching to do one thing,
0: mm. that, like,
1: you should also be following it. But Unfortunately, life gets in the way sometimes. Yeah. I feel like we had a conversation about this much earlier in the year. It was actually June mm. and you were like in a pretty bad way. Like you were feeling very upset about like the situation that you were in.
0: Yeah. I just think I've never felt so so vulnerable financially yeah. in my life.
1: So what were those feelings? Like what was the vulnerability? Like What were you stressed about it?
0: I would say two things. There was the shame, the element of that, like with the podcast that I just touched on. And then I think the other part of it is just a real vulnerability and that is around if something happens what the fuck do I do? Yeah. And also and and just the frustration that like if a great opportunity comes up with yeah. work or with just life or you know all my best friends are going on a holiday I I can't go. Yeah. I cannot do it. Yeah. And that sucks because I have always really prided myself on someone who is a bit of a yes person. Yeah. You're a yes person.
1: (laughs) You don't have to pride yourself. I can guarantee. I can vouch for you.
0: Yeah. And that feels in my mind like a bit of a part of my like personality, my identity. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm not, I can't, I cannot be that person anymore.
1: Yeah. And I'm assuming as well, like there's also this element, I think, of you feel like you can't really talk to people about it because- There's so much privilege in having a savings account and Mm. being like, oh, my God, I'm down to like $2,000 or whatever it is. And it's like, yeah, but that's still an amount of money that you can go and spend. But it's just that in your personal experience, it's not money that you can spend on the things that you value or want to do. During that period, did you feel like you had anyone that you could speak to about it or did you just kind of, I mean, take me out of the picture because obviously we talk about money all the time. So it came up. But Mm. like, did you feel like there was other people you could speak to about it?
0: So... I guess I also just want to take a step back before I even answer that question. There is like a huge amount of privilege inherent yeah. in this entire conversation. Yeah. You know, when I'm throwing around figures. Like I'm very lucky to be in that situation. Yeah. I hope that by giving numbers, it's just like being more honest and open and not making anyone feel shit because-
1: 100%.
0: Also, if you've saved up two grand or even one grand or even $500, like amazing. That's really good. It's
1: just that in your situation, you're very privileged and lucky to have a job during COVID. You Mm. were able to save during that time. You've worked all throughout uni. Like you've put the hard yards in to get to an amount that you were proud of.
0: Yeah. In terms of who I spoke to about it, only you but also (laughs) that's because like we do talk about this stuff and I feel very comfortable talking to you now I'm talking to thousands of people (laughs) but yeah I guess it wasn't something that I needed to get other people's opinion on I think having someone to talk to about this stuff is super important the conversations that we had about it were helpful for me and I didn't necessarily feel the need to go and have them with others as well
1: okay so that's a good point why was why was it helpful like if someone's feeling.
0: I guess because in a lot of ways you were able to like validate my thoughts and feelings because yeah. you also in like, you know, your own way feeling them too. How's that for us? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. The way that I'd spin on that is that like, I think so many people our age, for anyone that doesn't know, we're at 20, how old are we? 28, 27, 27. And I feel like we're in this period of life where I feel like, for some reason I should have so much more mm. money or like assets or something than what I have.
0: It's a funny one because people around our age, you know, all of a sudden start buying houses and start yeah. doing things. And yeah. it's of like you sit there and you're like, hold on, when did we save up the money to do this? Yeah. When did we all agree that we were going to start doing this now
1: I know and
0: you just feel like a bit of an idiot but like yeah I guess how where are you at at the moment how are you feeling about money
1: well I think it's honestly like a quarter life crisis it is and I'm not joking and like <laughs> we're
0: in it we're having one I'm not gonna lie I read a
1: Harvard business review article about like people having their quarter life crisis oh and it's like what did S- it say well it said it's become so common because I think you get to this age, right, Mm. and you are in a job that, you know, we've been in our careers for like five years and we were kind of thrust into these careers without – I mean, it's not for everyone, but maybe for my personal experience, I didn't really know what I was doing at uni. Mm. I kind of just was told to try and find a job in like finance, which I love by the way, but like, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. So you get into this position where you're like – I'm in a job, I don't really have a lot of money because like I've only worked for five years. I shouldn't mm. probably even have that much money and I've been doing traveling and all other sorts of things mm. and I don't own a home and I don't know if I want kids. All these like crazy emotions are like sitting with you but it's really, <laughs> the Harvard Business Review article was saying it's actually a really important moment of stress and reflection because it's a point where you can actually become who you are because you determine like- what Is that what's happening? Yeah, like it's where you like determine like, What's actually important to you? Where do you want to spend your money? Where do you want your career to go? Like Mm. is it important to like own a house? But I think regardless of reading an article and feeling like, oh, everyone's going through it, I feel feel so isolated. Like Mm. for some reason I feel so upset and anxious and like this real visceral like feeling in my chest that like I only have a certain amount of money in my bank account and I don't know how the – fuck, I'm going to buy a house. Like I literally have no idea how I'm going to get to the point where I can save the money to do that. Mm. Or like my sister is pregnant right now. Mm. Amazing. Go Sha, love you. Yes, and just talking to her about like, you know, she's having a baby. She was telling me about obstetrician costs. I'm like, oh, my God, how? Like yeah. absolutely how? I think it's just like all of these thoughts
0: come up all at once sorry that's so funny I'm like I literally can't even afford myself and I I'm like, imagine having school fees I know it's honestly right now I'm like it's I feel deliriously just like that's fucked
1: but I think like where it really stems from and you know this like relates to so many facets of people's lives it's like mental health and whatever else it comes from comparison mm. and we're in an age of like I can see what you're buying and if you buy a house on social media, you post it and, like, I'm so freaking happy for anyone that can do that. But, like, you see weddings, you see beautiful weddings, you see people buying houses, you see on LinkedIn people changing their careers and their jobs. And because of that, there's this constant, like, influx of, like, oh, you're not doing enough, oh, you're not doing enough, Mm. oh, you're not doing enough. And I think that's where this anxiety and stress comes in because if I'm not spending my money that's towards, like, I'm doing in inverted commas right now, like success. What I'm like to be successful to own assets, then like I'm feeling really shit about it.
0: Mm. How much money do you have in saving
1: right now? In my, I'm like, really
0: nervous because I feel like you're gonna have way more than me. And that oh my god, no, shit. I have less.
1: <laughs> I have fifteen thousand dollars in my savings account.
0: I have two. Oh yeah, obviously <laughs> I have more than you
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so bad saying, but like, yeah. <laughs> bitch, you. Changed cities and you went through this Uh, and your tax bill and my tax bill was I had saved a bit more than you with tax (laughs) which we had discussed I had put a little bit more away but in saying that our next tax bill is due very soon and that's going out of that emergency (gasps) fund that's my emergency fund and look when I'm (laughs)
0: emergency tax
1: when I'm being transparent about this we always have said like our emergency fund is like between three to four months of salary and I've just had that Sitting there for like at the beginning of the year, it was maybe like 13,000. Mm. And I was, this is emergency. And then I've put 2K in over the past 12 months. So I have not been able to save a lot yeah, at all. And at the beginning of the year, we did a Feb series where I t- spoke all about doing this amazing budget yeah. where you could make savings goals and make investing goals. And I said, I'd save 10K this year. And I have not been able to achieve that. Yeah. Like,
0: I said I'd do a lot of things in that episode and I haven't done them. I know.
1: And so that's probably where you get the feelings of like you feel like a bit of a phony because you sit here. But I think it's just like a good reminder that like life gets in the way. And out of the five years that we've had our career thus far, two of them or one and a half, I don't know how, I don't know the sense of time, has been through like a cost of living crisis. Yeah. Like it's expensive to be in the generation that we're in and be pay the salaries that we're paid, and, you know, get by. Mm. Like, your rent in Sydney yeah. is astronomical.
0: Yeah. I was also just thinking whilst you were saying that, and it's funny, over the last 10 years, I, a lot of my money has gone towards experiences. Yeah. We um went on Dill Buckley's podcast a few weeks ago, and we we're kind of talking about our money stories and how that has shaped the way that we view money. And I spoke about how my mom's dad, so my grandpa, him and my grandma saved up their whole lives for their retirement. Yeah. And then I want to say in his like late 30s or early 40s, my grandpa was diagnosed with Parkinson's. Yeah. And so, I mean, he retired early and they didn't, like he was too unwell. So they didn't really get to do, you know, all the travel and do all the things that they thought they were going to do when they were older and retired. And so I feel like growing up, mum and I guess my dad's perspective on money has been like they are very like financially responsible but it's kind of been like don't wait like yeah spend money on your life now because you never know what's going to happen it's been much more kind of in the moment and I would say that that's probably filtered down to me quite a bit yeah but as a result of that if I reflect on the last 10 years you know I have spent a lot of my money on travel And I've spent a lot of my money on experiences. Like even like I just love going out for dinner and drinks with my friends. Like it makes me so happy. And so I have spent a lot of money on that and that's okay. But I think it's this funny dynamic of over the last 10 years, especially when it comes to travel, I'm like that's something that I love doing. and like we can travel now because we have no liabilities and blah, 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 blah. And that's all good and well. And it's only now that I'm looking around being like, what the hell? When did we all save money for houses? And I'm like, no, no, the last 10 years I've consciously been saying, yeah. no, no, this is what I want to do. And now I'm like spitting the dummy being like, this is unfair. How did everyone else buy houses? Well, I feel like <laughs> they it's, didn't go to Europe every other year.
1: <laughs> I, I feel like I see this a lot on social media, people feeling really conflicted, like in your twenties, should you be just living your life and not giving a crap? Or should you be like saving and trying to make goals for the future? And I think that's probably like – the way up that actually causes Mm. a lot of stress because if you are saving for an asset or saving up for financial goals, you're like, oh my God, I'm not having enough fun. Mm. But then when you're having too much fun, you're like, oh my God, I have no money. It's because someone has put this question in front of us and it's like one or the other.
0: It's so true. So I guess how are you feeling right now then? Because even after everything that I have just said about like not being in a good financial position for my future and not being able to find a house and all of that kind of stuff, I still feel this overwhelming sort of urge to be like, but do I live in the moment or do I save for my future
1: <laughs> I'm going to tell you because I actually have an answer for it I'm reframing my thinking but let's take a moment for our sponsor) So there's obviously the age-old dilemma of whether I should spend for the now or save for the future, but with Up's feature, Save Up 1000, you can actually do both all at one time.
0: Do you know what? I actually think this is the one thing that really has been saving me this year. As we've been saying, I've been struggling with my spending and actually being able to allocate money to put aside, but it's such a fun feature. They send you a notification each week and it's like a bingo board. And so you get to pick how much you want to put in. Some weeks if you're feeling good or if it's closer to payday, you can do a bit more. It also gives you the option to skip if you're at the end of the pay cycle.
1: So, have you saved up to a thousand with UP's feature?
0: Yes, last month I saved a thousand and now we are up and on to the next.
1: I'm doing it as well with you this time, so we'll all be there together.
0: <laughs> love it. So, join us Upsiders and 750,000 other young Australians using UP. I honestly feel like I'm seeing their fun coloured cards everywhere at the station when people are tapping on. I'm like, what a community. I love it.
1: Well, they are a digital bank that are all about making money easy for our generation and helping us get our finances sorted.
0: And if you download the UP app now and sign up with the code YIGC, they are going to deposit $10 into your bank account. It's the
1: easiest money you could ever make.
0: Keys and C's apply. Find them at up.com.au forward slash terms.
1: So before the break, you asked me like, how am I thinking about this dilemma of like, i mean, my 20s. Should I have more fun or should I be saving for like my <laughs> 30s? I've kind of gotten really annoyed with the fact that there's like it's like the option is one or the other mm. because really like I want my whole life to be really fun.
0: Yeah. I mean th- that isn't the option but you do definitely fall into that just mindset of like, yeah, I either live in the now or yeah. I save for my future self. But
1: it's not that it's not even the option. It's that it's almost forced upon us. Like I see it just in every publication. I see it all over social media. I hear so many people broaching that question but like no one's saying that – it shouldn't be, that shouldn't be the way up. I think the way I'm starting to rethink my thinking is that like, I need to make more money. But like, I know that sounds really like st- stupid and like stupid to say out loud, but I genuinely mean it in like the sense of we have so much power in this day and age to like monetize our hobbies and our creativity and ourselves. And I I wanted to start doing more for me because on one side that I work for you know a big corporation which gives me so much value and I love like the work that I do and then we have the podcast as well but I feel like there's more things that I can do to monetize myself or my skills that I I just haven't really tapped into Mm. as of yet what are things that I can do where I should genuinely value myself and I can give value to others I don't necessarily know what that looks like right now but I think one massive issue that we have in Australia is tall poppy syndrome and I think next year I just want to try and get rid of that mentality of like I care so much of what other people think Mm. and just give things a go that I know that might make some extra
0: cash yeah can you give me an example
1: okay maybe for example we do this podcast we have spoken to so many amazing people we have so much knowledge about investing and we love doing this so much let's do more live events or speaking gigs or like put ourselves out there, get ourselves to speaking gigs, not yeah. wait for people to ask us. Or like, for example, random other one, Sunroom, which Michelle Battersby has. Yeah, investing content on Sunroom. Yeah. Try and make some cash. Don't worry about the fact that someone might see it and be like, oh, they're trying to like mm. do investing content on Sunroom or like career stuff, like whatever you want to do, I think – I've just always been so worried about which sounds so stupid because we literally do a podcast but like
0: I know what you mean though because when we sit in here you don't us. see any of the listeners yeah. it's just our voice
1: but I just thought I honest to god am saying no to social events and I'm like but that's not what I want to do I mm-hmm. want to be able to attend things and I really want to do a pottery class okay mm. and it's $500 okay. <laughs> It's $500 to do six weeks of pottery class. And I'm like, I can't afford that. And so I think like to reframe, and again, this is a massive privilege to even think in this way, but like, I'm trying to work out where in other facets of my life I can like monetize myself.
0: Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that you already have pretty good habits, I guess, Routines set up, a good mindset set up around what you can and can't afford. And I'm still not where I want to be. So, what more can I do? Yeah. And I think so often we are taught that the road to financial empowerment is to cut back. Yeah. And you need to spend less and you need to do less and have less fun. Yeah. When really building wealth isn't going to be the difference between whether you buy your coffee or not. Yeah. It's going to be the difference between. How much money are you able to put into, you know, investing, and how are you actually able to get more money instead of spend less? Yeah,
1: and I'll just caveat by saying that to someone it might sound that like I've got my shit sorted by being like, okay, I have my emergency fund, and now I'm trying to work out how to make more money. But it's actually I'm really shameful to say that the reason why I'm thinking that way is that I'm so stressed about money. I think it about it so much that Mm. I feel like it's impacting my life to an extent that I don't want it to why are you so stressed about a figure in your bank account I'm not even I don't even know if I want to buy a house like you know I don't know where the stress is coming from so I think I've had to try and make a positive spin on it okay if it's stressing you out so much you know that you can only make this much out of your day job because Mm. that's what your salary is what are ways that you can maybe bring in more cash that you feel more positive with the relationship of making money rather than just like relying on maybe the rat race yes. to get you there, I think.
0: I think that's good. I yeah. I think that's really good. To be honest, most of this episode, the tone has probably been a bit depressing or negative, but I think that that's putting a really positive spin on it. It's like not what can I do less of, but what can I do more? I was chatting to a friend at work today, so he has bought a house. Yeah. Uh, or an apartment, I'm not 100% sure. I was telling him about this episode tonight and I was like, I think I'm going to talk about how I have no money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By the way, I should acknowledge I have money and in investment. That's not liquid and I don't want to be selling it because that's like what we've literally said for the last three years. Yeah. Put money away that you can afford to leave there forever. I was telling him about how I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to talk about how I have no money. And he said, I know that you probably think that. I've got my shit together. I'm so fortunate. Him and his partner were recently just able to buy a house. And he said, but I now feel like I'm in that same position. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, I get to the end of every month. And because I've gotten so used to this big amount in my bank account that I built up this deposit for and then we spent the money. And he was like, now I have a mortgage, interest rates going up. And I get to the end of every month and have, like, no money in my account. And he was like, I was used to having a house deposit in there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's so true. And I think it's just this, the phases of life and it's the psychology of how you feel when you see that number in your account. It was such an interesting comparison because I look at him and I'm like, you've got a house, you've got your shit together. Yeah, you're And successful. at the end of the day, he's actually feeling a very similar thing to me.
1: I have a question then, if you want to take it back. Like, do you want to rebuild up your savings?
0: yeah I need to. you do yeah 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 and like what <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah
1: yeah 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 we spoke in June about it have you done anything in that period or like do you have plans for the new year like what are you kind of thinking about doing to like try and build yourself back up
0: yeah this is making me feel anxious (laughs) no but that's okay I want to almost unpack that as well I feel sad that
1: that's making you feel anxious like I want you to feel like there's a community of people that can help you get there you know
0: yeah no I think the reason why I feel anxious is because when we did speak about this six months ago I really thought by now I'd be in a better situation yeah and I am a bit, maybe. So the biggest thing that I've done is I've cancelled my credit card. Yeah. Because what I was finding was in um, the pursuit of getting as many Qantas points as possible, I was spending on my credit card and it just kind of got to the point where it felt a bit play money. Like I wasn't aware of what I was spending on because I had too many different accounts. Like I wasn't, there was no tracking of where my money was going. Yeah, And so that has helped I will say. Or that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Other than that, I don't know if things are that much better.
1: Okay. So do you feel like you can save a portion per month or when you get to the end of your like month of pay, Mm. you don't actually have any money that you could put into savings?
0: I'm trying to put money in savings as soon as it comes in. Yeah. I'm I'm just inconsistent. Right.
1: You know, that's the point of this conversation and I'm hoping like anyone that's listening – you know, maybe has felt this like hard dilemma of like getting to this age and feeling like we have should have so much more. It's like having these conversations might actually spark like ideas or like mm. thoughts around how we can help each other like build up that wealth.
0: God, I really want to be positive right now but I can't help but just feel a bit helpless because yeah. we sat here this time last year in Feb and we're like these are all the things we're going to do this year and I didn't do any of them when I think about what are the things I could do my brain goes to all those same things because they're great like I think they're really good but I just feel I think I would feel like a fake if I sat here and be like I'm going to do all these things I'm like I'm not I'm just not actually do you know what has really helped I switched banks to up earlier in the year and each week I get a notification saying how much I spent that week and how much more or less it was than the week before. And that feature is honestly so helpful because information is power and it's just a very low effort check-in each week on how I'm going.
1: Would the listeners, like, I don't know if we did an accountability thing on social media.
0: (laughs) Oh. I should. I just already. I'm like, I don't want to. Well, I feel like <laughs> this is
1: just going to show, though. Then, then maybe it doesn't mean as much to you to like build up the savings account.
0: Yeah, you're right. Why? Why can't I? Why, why can't I, I commit? Because,
1: like, honestly, like the amount of stress I would be in. If, no, but I am. You. Know,
0: we had a chat this morning. You know, like
1: that you're in stress. Yeah. But so then, are you just like in denial?
0: Maybe. Yeah. I think, to be honest, I'm just feeling a bit demotivated. I am yeah. really stressed, but I'm feeling a bit helpless. Yeah. I need to, I need to change that because if I, if I stay in this mentality, nothing's going to change. Do you know what? I'm really motivated by a group. If I go to the gym and I'm going by myself, I'll sleep in. If I'm meeting a friend there, I'll do it. So maybe we can create something on socials, a boot camp, yeah, a boot camp, a financial boot camp i we all going to do it together? That sounds really scary. Like, we I mean, drop boot camp. Like, so I'm trying to be positive. A financial,
1: like, wine club.
0: Okay, that <laughs> where we don't spend money. But
1: you know, maybe that's what it is. I think maybe a part of like the financial stress comes from that people feel so isolated. Mm. When you have financial issues, it does feel really isolating. Mm. So maybe the positivity or like progress does really come from when you try and achieve things together. Do you feel right now pretty isolated with it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hundred percent. Especially when like all my friends are going out for dinner and doing this and doing that. And I feel like I want to too. And I'm like, well, if they can afford it, they must be able to afford it. They must have like, do you know what I mean? You just, it makes you feel alone. So you've talked about your shift in mindset about wanting to make more money. Yeah.
1: I guess. Like I want to be that bitch that's on LinkedIn that you're like, damn, she moved career. (laughs) Well, not moved career, but like she did something cool. Like, you
0: know. I mean, without sounding like an absolute idiot, I feel like we probably in like are a little bit like we've got the podcast. We're doing okay. No, I
1: know, but it's it's. <laughs> I'm not. I'm absolutely not dissing what we're doing. I think it's that <laughs> like we will speak throughout this series about you know being a freelancer and making mm. money and whatever else. Like it's that you can't always rely on your job or the podcast. Is there another an avenue? I'm trying to work out where I can diversify yeah. so that it's more consistent. I know this sounds ridiculously privileged because I'm in a in a corporate job where I'm like making money but I've got financial goals that I want to try and hit and I just ca- I cannot do it at the moment. I want to do both. I want to live a fun life. I mm. want to do the things I want to do and I don't want to feel ridiculous stress when someone's like, can you transfer 150 bucks because we're all going to go for lunch together or something crazy. I want to be like, I want to do that and shout margaritas for everyone while I'm there.
0: Fuck yeah, and I want you to be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we're not friends. <laughs> I want to be at that lunch where you're shouting margaritas. I think that's really good, and I think I, uh, I probably have a few things to do before I get to that mindset because just around aligning spending with yeah. values and things like that. But yeah. what else? Because – you're you're saying this and I think that all makes sense and that's really good but at the end of the day you're saying you still have that like heart sinking pang in your chest that just makes you be like Ugh.
1: I don't know what that is. I don't know how to get rid of it.
0: Are you talking to people?
1: I talked to Sam, my wonderful partner, yeah. about it because I feel very safe to talk to him about, like, obviously anything. Yeah. So I'm very lucky to have that. And But that's also so fortunate. Like, people that are in relationships are usually – I mean, not usually – are in a better financial situation and that's just the way of the world, unfortunately.
0: At mm. some point in this series, we should talk about that thing called the singles tax. We
1: are going to talk about it with a wonderful guest in our relationships episode. Oh, yes. Great. We will. Okay. I feel like I'm very hot right now saying this, but, <laughs> like, there's so much stupid shame in, like, feeling – anxious about money. I don't want people to think that I'm stingy. I don't want people to think that I don't care about them because I'm not attending something or any of that. And so I think maybe that's where a lot of the anxiety comes in. Mm. But I think for some reason and I don't even really know what they are, but I just have like financial things like that I'd prefer to spend my money on or goals that I'd prefer to like work towards. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it
0: totally does. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, is that you are aligning your money with your values. Yeah. But as a result, there are things like dinners or drinks or trips that don't align with your values and your goals right now, which you're saying no to. But the fear is that you don't want those friends to take that as a sign that you don't care or you don't love them yeah. or family or whoever it is that is on the, I guess, other end of that. yeah. Recently I was going out with a group of friends and I told my housemate as I was leaving, I was like, oh, we're going for drinks and then we're going to this like Mexican restaurant and they have a karaoke bar in there, like blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, great. So you're having like a $200 plus night. And I looked at him and I was like, why the fuck would you say that? Yeah. Like what the hell? That makes me feel like shit. And he was like, but you are. That's fine. And yeah. I was like. Well, no, it's not fine because, for me, that actually isn't fine. But there's a real issue with the fact that I clearly hadn't even thought about that. Do you think, like,
1: everyone is feeling this way? <laughs>
0: I don't know. Like, I do you think, so. like... I really hope that people listen to this episode and feel seen and feel like it's relatable and don't listen to this and be like, holy shit, I've been listening to these girls for three years Yeah, and they have no freaking idea what they're
1: talking no, about. No, it's not that. It's just think it's just the comparison element. You compare yourself to your friends and what they're spending. You compare yourself to your parents and what my mum had a baby and a house when she was mm. 27, like so different. You compare yourself to a different generation. You compare yourself in your careers. You compare yourself on social media. And I think the accumulation of all of that and then going into that scary age, which I don't even know why it's, people think it's scary, but like going into the 30s is I should have so much more by now. And I don't, and I don't know what's gone wrong. And if anything's gone wrong. And so I think like, Because it's isolating, because we don't talk about it, we're all feeling very stressed.
0: (laughs) Well said. Honestly, I really do hope that, yeah, this hasn't been too depressing. I hope that it helps, I guess, just normalize the situation a bit. If this is something that has made you feel seen, send it to a friend and maybe... Someone else can see how badly we're all going, and then you yeah. can all talk about it together.
1: <laughs> well, also, I think the reason why we really wanted to break this down just to round it up is like we are technically a part of the problem if we're out there preaching all these amazing like investing things and we're saving and you know, have these emergency savings and you're investing in and blah, blah blah. We're just showing that like I think everyone goes through these money stresses, and if someone is preaching that and it's making you feel anxious, feel free to bring it up and just say, "Hey, I." can't be involved in this conversation or hey can you help me in a way?
0: So I think that wraps up another taboo money chat but that definitely doesn't mean that the conversation has to stop here. No, we
1: actually really want this conversation to continue. And that is why over these eight weeks, we are starting a brand new newsletter where we will collate your thoughts about the week's content.
0: Are you also experiencing a quarter life crisis?
1: <laughs> are you stressed about the dilemma of like spending on the now compared to saving for the future?
0: Please shoot us an email to ygc at equitymates.com or DM us at y- JC podcast. And we'll be collating your thoughts anonymously, of course, in the newsletter.
1: You can sign up via the link in our show notes.
0: And whilst you're on your phone, why not download Australia's highest rated banking app? I actually am loving using Up at the moment because it has all these fun things like helping you save a thousand dollars, which has seriously been contributing to my savings. It's probably the one thing that I have been doing that has been helping in a positive way. They just have so many great features that I think really reinforce positive behavior. They tell you how much you've spent each week, whether it's more or less than the last week. And to be honest, I've just never had so much clarity and information around my spending.
1: They've got a new feature called Hi Fi where it takes you through like, your pay your bills and then it like makes you this little automatic structure that's going to help you put all your finances on autopilot it's actually amazing
0: and if you download now and sign up using the code yigc they're going to deposit ten dollars into your bank account so take that as your sign to go and download up easy money t's and c's
1: apply find them at up.com.au forward slash terms
0: so i think that is enough from us today wow I'm going to have a big vulnerability hangover after this, I think.
1: You will hear from our first guest an exciting episode next week. Cannot wait. We
0: will chat to you then.
1: Bye before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates
0: Media operates under an Australian Financial Services License 540697.